0: On April 13th, 1947, 27 people signed the Charter for what was at that time called the Palo Alto Unitarian Church. I don't know if they imagined where we would be or who we would be 75 years later. But I can't help but think they'd be just thrilled. There's, um, there's these two brothers I, I, whose work I really love, um, Chip and Dan Heath, write a lot of good advice uh, on organizational thinking, on trying to make a change, on trying to, um, to sustain an organization in difficult times. Um, Chip and Dan Heath, one of the things that they said that that's really helpful at a moment like this is um, they spoke up, talk about when you're trying to make a change in particular, but it goes just as well for when you're trying to keep things, uh, going well. They say clone the bright spots, clone the high points, find them, which means knowing what was most important, where, where you've accomplished as a person or as an organization, those things that you, that you say, yes, that's what it's for. And clone them, make more of them. It's so much easier, right, than starting from scratch it's a reminder both of what's important to us and that we know how to do this. So, it was really interesting to me to see how often that, um, that mo- mo- excuse me, that movement came up in uh, this week's 75th anniversary adult religious education class. The last of, of seven, of, of ten, I was seeing the seven, it's just, Shining at me. Really, not that one, not so much a class on our history, as a panel of nine people in the congregation speaking of what they want the future to be. Um, and they had some thoughts about how we can be different. They have some things they want to see more of or less of. But over and over again, what they were doing was, was talking about their own experiences, the, the bright spots from their time at UUCPA, and how we could build on those, or have more of those, or bring that brightness to some other part of our communal life together. Uh, I missed it um, because I was on vacation this week, but uh, it was recorded, as all of these are, so I encourage you to go, go uh, follow the link in your order of service to watch any of them. And, um, and that one in particular just, just filled my heart with hope and um, inspiration. What they were really doing, um, and what Chip and Dan Heath uh, are asking us to do, are pay attention to the lifted moments. And in this title, I'm I'm doing the same as I did for the previous two sermons in this uh, this little mini series on our on our history, on our congregation's um, creation, um, which is appropriately for this congregation to quote some of the music that's important to us. Uh, the first one uh, a few months back was on um, was on our sacred space, was on our buildings and our grounds, and so I quoted for the title uh, our first hymn the, with the line, every casual corner a shrine. And then speaking about our social justice, um, at which for which sermon uh, we saw Eric's portion on social justice. So it's not missing from its, his history, it was just missing from this version, and you can go back and see the whole thing, again, by following, um, following the link in your order of service. Um, so I quoted a line from uh, Spirit of Life, giving life the shape of justice. So although we're not singing the song today, The Morning Hangs the Signal, it's in our hymnal, and it's from a poem by William Channing Gant, uh, Gannett, William Gannett Channing, and um, I'm not sure which of that that is, and a 19th century Unitarian, um, and one of the verses goes, the soul has lifted moments above the drift of days when life's great meaning breaketh in sunrise on our ways. These are the moments, these are the moments that we are trying to create, trying to, give rise to together uh, in creating a congregation, in sustaining a congregation. Those moments when our soul is lifted like these balloons and suddenly something about life's meaning is clear to us. That's what we're doing, that's what we do together for one another and ourselves and the world in creating this congregation. I've been reading a book called um, The Gardener and the Carpenter that is by a neuroscientist, Alison Gopnik. She's studied mostly very young children, three and under, for her long career um, in neuroscience at um, Berkeley. And um, she chose that title because it gives voice to an idea that she thinks is very important for us as, as people who are parents, um, or or relatives or friends of very young children, people who are helping to raise young children or teach them, um, or people like us in a congregation for whom young children are part of our community. She says the idea that's rooted in her, her decades of research as a neuroscientist is that children are not constructed so much as they grow. And she says, you know, we have this dominant metaphor it's in parenting even in the term parenting it's in our teaching is in so much of of what we do as a culture that acts as if children that is to say human beings are kind of built on a model oh here's a new human being and i've got a good model for what a human being is so i'm going to try to build a new one and she says It's not really how it works. Looking at how children learn and and think and use language, we can can see from a very young age that that they're much more like plants. And so those of us who want to grow new human beings, well, that's what we're doing. We're growing them. And what do you do for a plant? You don't take a model and, and then reproduce the model. No, the plant has within it the knowledge that it needs, right? If that's the human soul, many people would call that God. We have instructions on how to grow into a full adult human being. And what the adults around around us need to do for us as we're young and growing into adulthood ourselves is to be gardeners, to provide the nutrients, the nurture, a safe space, an environment that is safe and celebratory for, for us to grow into, we hope, wise and caring and curious adults. It's the same with a congregation. You know, it really is. We, you know, we build things. We build these buildings. Um, we build internet connections. But we don't build souls. We grow souls. What we need from each other is to be, to be gardeners. We create an environment in which we can, we can each grow and thrive into, and grow into what we have it in us to be. As long as we're given a good environment, an encouragement, um, the nutrients we need, which in the case of human souls, is a lot of listening and caring, and occasional loving challenge. That's what gardeners do. And I think that that's what we've done for 75 years. I'd love to be able to tell the people who gathered here that that's what they planted, a garden that would keep thriving, keep making an environment for growth and discovery and joy and love. And that's what I hope we'll do for the people who are here 75 years from now, who maybe see our pictures and laugh at our fashions and don't really know what was in our hearts, except that it will show, and what we have done the subsequent 75 years. When the predecessor of this congregation um, was gathered in 1891, the same jokes were made as we hear now. Sometimes we make them ourselves. They published in the newspapers, locally, that the Unitarians were gathering for no reason that they could articulate. (laughs) But you know, I'm serious here. The reason that a Unitarian Universalist congregation looks so different in this particular way, finds it so hard to say, in a way satisfying to other people of other congregations. What we're here for is that we're really countercultural. I mean, we're a lot like other religious communities in many, many ways. And some of them share this with us as well. But really what that newspaper article was saying is churches are supposed to be carpenters. You're supposed to come to a church Because there's a model of what a person is supposed to be, and they are supposed to build you into that model. And then this Unitarian Church comes along, and they're being gardeners. They're saying, you don't need to know exactly what you're going to grow into. We don't need to know exactly what you're going to grow into. We don't all have to grow into the same thing. We don't have a model. You don't have a model for a plant. If we give it what it needs. And that's not always easy to articulate, but I think um, Wei-Jia Chang when um, they were on the panel on Wednesday articulated it in another way, which is that um, they said this is a place where we're seeking, it's a community for seeking, and we help each other to seek. And that might lead other people outside to say, what are you looking for? And, well, we might have some answers to that, but also any true, search, you don't know exactly what you're searching for until you find it. And then you might keep looking on before then because the seeking in life never stops. That's what they were creating in 1947 in that earlier congregation in 1891 as well. They were building a garden. They They were digging up the soil and saying, this is the place where you can seek what you are and what Truth emerges for you, and we will help you with that. And if that sounds a little vague, well, yeah, compared to here's the model and we're going to build in it, and it's going to look like the blue prints, it does sound kind of vague. But as any gardener knows, it really works, if that's what you want. Brooke brought up another wonderful uh, plant metaphor in her presentation to the panel. I'm just going to tell you that, and you should, you should watch it, because it, it gave a lot of joy and hope to my spirit. So in 1947, those who signed the charter, they became gardeners. They believed that the soul given nurture will have these lifted moments. They don't need to know what, what the meaning of life is that they're going to drop into the soul. The soul will find out in those lifted moments if we make them possible. You know, these banners, you may have seen the picture. Um, there's, a, there's a shadow box of these, um, of these banners, and you may have seen them go by on, on some of Eric's pictures. Um, the shadow box is right now in the, in the lobby, but it'll be back hanging on the wall in the library, so you can see it any time. Jeff got the um, banners out for me, and they've, they've held up pretty well. Colors fade over time, and there's a few little tears, and um, styles change for sure. But you know what is perennial is what these say on them. I know they look like abstractions, but if you just read along the right, they're abstractions of words. Freedom, reason, tolerance, and love. And there's a reason for those four words come from some of the historical understanding of what Unitarians and then what Universalists were about. I won't go off into that in too much detail, lest this sermon go as long as I did the first service. But, though we might word them differently, they sound like a lot of the passions that bring people here now. And also... After Brian found that lovely quote from um, Bertrand Russell for our Centering Words, I was, I was reading some things um, by and about R- Bertrand Russell, and I just laughed out loud when I found this. It was so great logician, this great philosopher of, of logic and mathematics. Uh, Three passions, he wrote. Three passions, simple but overwhelmingly strong, have governed my life search for knowledge and unbearable pity for the suffering of humankind. There's a wonderful story about how that third element became so important to him. But three passions, love, knowledge, and the, and the alleviation of suffering. I think when we think about our lifted moments, connected to this congregation, a lot of them will, will echo some of those passions, and others as well. And we're going to take some time during um, when Martin plays for us for the offering, um, in addition to making our offering, make our offering of lifted moments here on these papers. They have balloons on them. Let nobody say that our uh, education was wasted and did not have any professional use. There are many balloons drawn on these papers. Um, I hope enough for us. I may come along and draw some more. And I could go on and on about some of the lifted moments that I see in those pictures and the history that has been shared with us over the last few months. I'll just share a few that lift my own soul as if it's a balloon filled with helium. Early, early on. When Dan Lyon was the member of this was the minister of this congregation, the call went out from Selma, from Martin Luther King and his organization to people of faith, especially white people from around the country, come to Selma. Come and help us to work for the right to vote. And Dan Lyon said, I have to go, and this congregation supported him. That's one of our lifted moments. I think of the story a little before my time, but I was told it when I arrived here, that Bill Capron, Bear's father, shared his journey through cancer with his covenant group, what our chalice circles or other small groups might have been called then, and how they accompanied him all the way to the end. I think about Phyllis Castle at the Bass Lake Campfire Reading to the kids and all of us, that great Dr. Seuss story about the pale green pants with nobody inside them, sharing with such love and that fabulous Boston accent and humor and confidence in them, this story for kids about how they could deal with their fears. I think of Chris and how she looked in her wedding dress when she and I went up to San Francisco together to celebrate the city's granting of marriage licenses to same-sex couples before the whole state got on board. I think about how the need for affordable housing was seen in this community, and people of this congregation formed an organization for senior to figure out solutions for senior housing. And how the congregation gave away, you saw in that picture of our original land, gave away about half our land to build Stevenson House, our next-door neighbor, so that seniors could continue to live in this community. So, so many. And so many lifted moments for me, as, as I'm sure they are for you, are too private, too personal, belong to somebody else, and can't be put on those balloons, at least not with Disguising somebody's, somebody's identity. They're private conversations, moments in a class, moments in, out in the parking lot after an event, just talking and talking, moments by a bedside. But these are the moments that we will clone and take with us into the future. So the people 75 years from now will say, They've kept it going, they've kept this vision, they've kept this flame for 150 years and it's still, this is still a place for my soul to be lifted up, to have the meaning of life fall down on me like water, completely unexpected because of through this congregation's ministry. So I invite you now, as Martin plays, to do two things. One, if you feel grateful for this congregation, please use the QR code in your order of service or available on the table back there um, to give electronically. Or there's a box that you can drop cash or a check in if that's how you prefer to give to our offering um, as you leave. And to think of a lifted moment for you and write it onto one of these balloons uh, from this side of the table. So you'll see that's how the balloons go. Um, There's markers there for you to do that. And I know there's probably more people than can do that in this time. Don't worry. The paper will stay. You can do it after our our gathered time here, Um, and I will keep them all from the previous service and from this service and um, and share them all with us uh, for a long, long time to come. Now we will gratefully receive the offering, both of your financial support of this congregation and of your experiences. The moments that your soul has had, lifted moments to share here with one another for our vision going forward for the next wonderful celebratory 75 years. Please.